You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Welcome to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. And hey, ladies, I want to sound off about men. I love men. <laughs> and I don't like what's happening to men in this world today. We are emasculating our men, and I don't like it. So there is an article from a, a football player, one of the NFL uh, great, who talks about toxic masculinity and that that it's not a good narrative and that it's it's wrong and that they're breaking down everything God made men to do that we need to stop this talk about toxic masculinity. We stop need to stop emasculating our men and our men should be allowed to be men. And I could not agree more. I, I have seen it for years and, you know, um, we, we see it with this, the new push towards transgender and, you, you know, let me just say that a few years ago, there was zero sex change clinics, transgender kind of clinics in the U.S. And now there's like 150 of them. I don't know what the heck we're doing, but the narrative is that, oh, we're kind of all mixed up in our genders and, and you know, guys can be girls and girls can be guys. No, that is not how God made us. And there's a reason that God made us the way he did. And let's just get back to basics. Basics are, you know, kind of uh, boys have certain anatomies and girls have certain anatomies. And those anatomies are made to go together to perpetuate the species, have children. That's what we're made for. And we are different. Men are different than women. Women are different than men, and they should be. The other thing that this this um, uh, football player, Jack Brewer, that he pointed out is that 82% of the, the guys that, that do the mass murders that go in and shoot up a nightclub or shoot up a school, 82% have no father in the home. And we're raised without a father in, in the home. And that's a staggering statistic to me. And it says a lot. Where are our men? We need them. Becky? You know, I don't know how to answer that. Where are they? Um, I think it depends, as it mentions here, socioeconomic groups are in, um, they give consideration to, to that. Um, it's not a, a subject that I have given that much thought to is particularly in this 82% um, of the shooters that only had one parent at home and it was the mom, the father was gone. I, that that's a new statistic for me and very disturbing. Hmm. I don't, I don't think society has demanded enough out of men with regard to marriage. And I think 
somehow society has just made it okay for men to be absent, for husbands to be absent. And, and if the marriage is going to break up, it certainly seems like it's the man that's just going to disappear. And the, the woman takes care of the kids and oftentimes alone and oftentimes unsupported. Um, it's a trend. It's a sad trend. And then that leads into male identity and not, and being confused about male identity. So you have another, this, um, I don't want to say new generation, but um, an age group, I'm not sure which generation it is, that is overwhelmed by this confusion in gender, which is contributing to a lack of traditional family values, traditional relationships. And just, it, it's, it has branches out into every area of society. And it's very, very sad. I don't know how we change it. I don't know how we stop it, except, and it, everything in my mind comes back to, we are living in a godless society. Mm-hmm. And we have strayed so much from God's intention. And at some point, God, and this sounds like I'm, <laughs> sounds like I'm preaching again, but, you know, you look back at the examples that the Bible gives us and the stories in there are there for examples. And some of them are really bizarre and extreme for reason and examples but the Sodom and Gomorrah story where everyone, just everyone in that city became so obsessed with evil and turning away from God, the God, and it says in the Bible, God gave them over to their sinful nature, which includes, and in the Bible states that men had unnatural relations with men and women had unnatural relations with women. And it's, those are not my words. Those are God's words, God inspired words. There are consequences for that. And that flows into today. It's not a, an old concept. It's not an old idea. It's absolutely still current. And these are issues that they were dealing back with in biblical times as well but you can see the damage that was done then and you can see the nature of people and you can see how it, it is not in the design that God had in, had in mind. It's interesting that you mentioned that Becky, because I've thought recently about Sodom and Gomorrah and I thought, boy, I mean, there's a lot of parallels right now. Misha, what do you think are the consequences of us not raising our boys to believe in being a strong dad and, and taking care of your family. And, you know, on the other side of that, it's not just the men because women have taught that marriages can be thrown away as well and that they can go play around or do, do what they want. We're in a very selfish society, but What's happened to the family? You know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking from goodness, from my family point of view, I'm thinking, 
when you were saying, where are the men? I was thinking they're incarcerated. I was thinking um, before they ever became even a baby or a child, they were aborted. Um, they have been almost decapitated um, in an ability to do anything um, because we, we are in a society where um, men have been emasculated and men are more comfortable hanging out with their buddies and being with their buddies than they are even attempting now to trying to be, um, to walk out the, the role of husbandry or walk out the role in some cases, even, and being a father because society has made it so unpopular um, to be in a committed covenant relationship. And, um, you know, they've made it popular to be a father, but not to be a dad. And um, I think about the different places that even in the United States that people, um, you know, San Francisco, a ATL, Atlanta, the stories that I hear even in, in my my culture um, with um, you got to do you got to do so many um, checks, you know, you got to find out if they're, if they're completely heterosexual, if they're all these different names, all these different nomenclatures now, bisexual, um, verse, um, the whole nine yards. It's just amazing. Um, and, and what, um, people have, have just kind of became comfortable with. I see Sodom and Gomorrah too. I see it and I just am amazed at how society is just adjusting to and saying, okay, well, that's just the way that it is um, as if God just doesn't exist. And as if um, there is no promise or plan for, for him to come back. And it's very sad. Um, and we I romanticize it. Yes. We take as far as to romanticize the, um, I, this sounds like an old person term, the out of wedlock life. <laughs> mm -hmm. When, you know, like you just said, Misha, men, there are some men that want to have babies with their women, but they have no interest in being a father, let alone being married. And I, is it a status symbol? Is it a cool thing to do? I think I can't focus completely on Hollywood, but in society, I think it is being made a romantic notion. It's like, I'm going to have a child. We, we're going to have beautiful babies together. And then very quickly, you know what happens in life when you have a child. Life can get pretty tough and pretty difficult. And when things get tough, sometimes some people get going and leaving and gone. And, and then you have all these children being grown yeah. up. Um, <laughs> I, I wrote a letter to someone today and I was saying to them, listen, um, I'm not interested in being a part of the uh, build a baby batch um, group who are uh, these women who, I mean, literally like have the, and, and identify themselves as baby mamas. I'm, you know, this is my baby daddy, you know, as if it's some kind of badge of honor to have six kids by five different fathers and none of the fathers really are in the children's lives. And then the children are comparing each one's father you know, to the other one's fault. It's a horrible, horrible thing that, um, and then, the, and then some people would say society did it. Some people would say the system did it. Some people would say it was, it was, it was 
easier to do that than it was um, if someone was trying to go into the welfare system um, to say that the father's not there, then they could get food. They could get a place to rent. They could get work the help that they needed. But if the father was there, then they were refused the help. They were refused this, you know, so we as a society are just messy. And I believe that all of it is because we have walked away from our first love, which is our creator, our God, who teaches us principles and teaches us ways, um, Yeshua, Yahweh, to do a particular thing. And um, we've lost our way. We, 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 we have lost our way. Um, we have that, lost just- our way. And, we, and we've lost we've lost our men. And part of it is that, that conversation that we have about everything, we have it about gender, we have it about race, we have it about men, and we have made men be villains for so many reasons, just, just by their nature, just by who God made them to be, we have decided to make them villains they they are they are supposed to be I, I don't want to say the stronger sex. I don't necessarily believe that men are stronger than women, but but they have physical attributes that make them physically stronger. Um they they have a different thought pattern and mindset that that a child needs. They need both perspectives from yes. the mom and from the dad. And each parent gives that child a different gift of themselves and that child benefits from from both and i i watch my own son uh two of them raising children i i watch the interaction in their homes because both are you know with their entire family and, and it's it's different. The the baby reacts to the dad differently than to the mom. That the dad is a a little bit rougher, a little bit um they're they're just different. They 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 act differently, they give off different messages where where the mom is maybe more um more cuddly and more soft and caring. It's it's just different but if you only have one side of that you are missing that whole other perspective of life and i i so miss that in our men i i think back to to when i was younger i was working and when i was in the police department um and i was surrounded in all of my different jobs by men and they were raunchy and they were they told you know jokes that were off color. And guess what? I loved every minute of it because I love that side of men. I'm not saying an evil side. I'm saying that that side of men that is different than we are as women. And that's what makes it all work. And it's not working right now because our men are expected to be soft, and and emasculated that's the only word that i can think and to to have our people in our government talking about toxic masculinity i i just can't even i i i can't wrap my head around it i can't you know, wrap my head around it either because i i like a man and i you know it, 
here's another thing for me that's interesting and amazing. Um, you know, you guys know I'm single uh, right now. And um, the men that I've encountered, especially over the last four years after divorce, it seems to me that the men that were my age are, they're just so docile um, and ha have almost, if they're single, lost their vision, lost their way. And then the younger men that are in their 30s or 40s are are more manly and they're they're stepping up and they're going out with those younger guys then, Misha. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that I haven't. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you exactly what attracted me to um, in particular, the younger man that that I, I am seeing now is that he recognizes his manly way. And the other thing he admires is his grandfather's traits, not his father, his grandfather's traits of wanting to take care of the family, make sure that they have food, make sure that, you know, I, I admire that so much in him. And I said, I said, you function like an old man. And he said, my grandfather taught me. Not his father, my grandfather. And that's amazing to me. You know, it, it, it's just like something happened to to the generation, you know. You know, it just it's just something that happened. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to Ladies of Liberty. I just want to say a couple things about our, our last conversation about the men and the toxic men. Guys, if you're listening, ladies don't want you to be soft and cuddly. We want real men. We want the men that take care of us. And I'm not saying that you have to earn more than your woman. I'm not saying any of those things, but there is a way that men behave, that they've behaved throughout history, where they are the, the kind of the warriors, the caretakers of women. And, and women are kind of the peacemakers in, in life. And it's, it's how nature made us. And we're we're playing with nature here and we're changing nature and our children need both parents desperately yeah. need both parents and our women need good, strong men and our men 
need good, strong women, not that are fighting with one another as a battle of the sexes, but that complement each other. And I, I just, I so miss it. And I, and I want to see back. And I, I have to say that I am grateful. I am so grateful that I am married to a real man. When I think about the definition of a man, I can look in the dictionary and put my husband's picture right next to that. And, and that is, that is my thought as to how men can be. They can be soft and caring, but, but they need to, to not be um, meek and wimpy. Right. I mean, I totally agree with you. And ladies, let them open the door for you. You know, I still oh, absolutely. If, 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 if I'm going to the grocery store, wherever I am, 7-Eleven or wherever, I intentionally slow down, almost come to a stop for whatever man is walking behind me, beside me or in front of me for him to open that door. And I look at him and say, thank you so much, because I just think it's I think they want opportunities to be our knight in shining armors and to be, to, to open up doors and to show us that, you know what, I know, I recognize a woman, I recognize a lady, and I recognize the gentleness and the fragileness of you. You know, I think we should let them do that. Well, let's switch it up for just a second. Well, speaking of fragile, <laughs> life itself is fragile at times. And there does come a time in everybody's life where, quite frankly, it ends. Life is going to end for every single human being on this planet. And it's not a thought that people enjoy entertaining. It is not something people typically enjoy talking about. But I am finding something actually interesting about the trend of burials. And I'm mm. talking about when a person dies... What do you do with that body? Soul is gone. Spirit has moved on. You're not there anymore. What do you do with that body? And I'm finding it very interesting to read about some trends that are happening, not only with what is happening with that physical body, but in the way that funerals are being performed and celebration, life celebrations are happening. There are actual advertisements or advertisements, however you want to say it, <laughs> talking about funeral homes, preparing anything you can imagine for a funeral service. There are now environmentally friendly services and environmentally friendly ways of disposing, shall we, of a body. Um, one of those which I find is fascinating. I think Linda, you and I have chatted about this. You can, for a price, of course, you can have a body cremated or condensed, if you will, into a container where there is a sapling tree. On top of it, they plant that tree with your body underneath and your body becomes the nutrients for that tree in along with the dirt to produce apparently an amazing tree. Wow. That is one way there's cremation, there's traditional, but you know, with the traditional burials where a body is all dressed up. So they look like they're going to go to church 
but they're actually going to sleep for a long time. Um, the caskets are anywhere from six to eight feet long. They're not biodegradable. And there are cemetery plots all over these United States that are yep. filling up with bodies that are laying horizontal, which take up the most space that you can, even mathematically, if you fill up a, a space on the ground, it's we're running out of space to put bodies quite frankly um, you know then you have, yeah you have something I, like a pandemic that we have more bodies faster need to bury people more we're uh, running out sooner so we need to come up with some new ideas well i think that we have and you know this is something that's so interesting to me because i have always felt that i would feel guilty taking space after I'm gone on this earth. I am given a time to be on this earth and I don't feel that I deserve to have a space and a monument to my existence when there are millions and millions and millions of people, each one of us will pass away. And why do I deserve a space and a coffin under the ground? Um, I, I just don't get that. So being Catholic, it's a little bit of a struggle because Catholicism does not condone cremation. However, they now have, and you alluded to it, Becky, but I'm going to take it even a little further. They have human composting. And I like this idea, to be honest. So the process involves placing the deceased in an eight foot long steel box with biodegradable materials like wood chips and flowers. And after 30 to 60 days, the body breaks down into a soil that can be returned to the relatives similar to if you had cremated them. Yet you are using natural means and not, um, not fire cremating. Um, so the, in California, they made a law that that is legal. And now it's in five states uh, that, that that is legal and it reduces the human body to simply a disposable commodity. And I really like that. I feel that it honors the, the person that's deceased. And I feel that it also honors my religion that says that I, I cannot um, uh, burn my body. And no matter how you're buried, you're going to decompose anyway. So all this does is a it encourages the, the decomposition process to be faster. And then you can do what you wish with the remains and you can, um, you know, you can plant a tree, you can do whatever you want with the, the soil that is left. I like that idea. That's interesting. Well, I must be ahead of my time. I don't know. I, I know that probably about 10, 15 years ago, I said to a group uh, that I was traveling with back and forth to Trinidad, Tobago, and I meant it when I said it. And so now I'm saying it on this and hopefully everybody will get the message. Um, you know, I, I come from a traditional Christian background, you know, was Muslim before that. Um, but I want to be cremated and I want to be taken to Maracas Beach and I want my ashes spread across the ocean. I don't want I don't want my family to spend a lot of money on 
getting my hair done and doing all these extra things and every I want them to take and, and here's the other thing else. I want a dance. I want a celebration. I it to me, you know, and I think that that's that's the the non-selfish way because burials are expensive. Yeah. Expensive. I mean the the cost to to purchase something and then here's the other thing. Families go and they put all this jewelry on their family members and they put things in the casket. Do you really think that those things stay there? You know, um, and so I just, I don't know. I think that we do need to rethink how we carry out um, the um, the homegoing services, as we would call it, with regards to that. I did see something on one of the media sites where there was a young lady that she had a literally clear casket. And they had her body in there standing up, rolling down through the city. And they were dancing. And I was like, whoa, I don't know if I could handle that one. But, I mean, (laughs) they've gotten really innovative and really creative with what they're doing with these things. But um, we are we are um, not as um, open with land. We have family land. And we do have family on both my, my son's father's side of the family and my side of the family where, you know, some of our family members will get buried on our land. Um, but I've just always said, take me to the beach, take me to Maracas beach and spread me across the ocean and I'm good. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> for the if, cost, you, but... if you have $2,500 to $15,000, your body can be shot into space. What? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm this... sorry. It's called a celestial memorial, and you can have your body shot into space. Well, or they can drop you in the ocean, and you can be fish food, I guess. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. But it it is something. And, you know, I wish, here's what I wish. I wish that we could have family conversations about things like this before that time came up, because it's inevitable for all of us. and for those that want to feed the trees or those that want to feed the fish or those that want to, you know, take a chance and go into the sky or whatever, but, but, but still make it as normal a conversation as, as life is, you know, because there ha- it, it's going to happen to all of us. And there really does need to be a plan in place with regards to it um, so that, you know, you just don't spend a lot of money frivolously on stuff that is going in the ground when you need to still pay other bills. So. Yeah, you know, you made you made me think about something. So sometimes you read, you read. I, I don't know if it's a a fiction book or whatever, but you read an an article that talks about somebody that that wants to have their party before they die because you know all the wonderful things people say about you at your funeral. I don't want to hear those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I've actually heard about that. It's there's a thing. Um, that has been suggested that you memorialize your friends and family now and that you write a eulogy for a loved one and give it to them now, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. in essence I've done with my parents. I I have written them both letters. This was many years ago and I thanked them for many things. I've actually put it on paper. You were right about some things. <laughs> you were right about many things. Um, I am fortunate to have a very close relationship with both my parents. 
um, who are, thank the good Lord, still with us and still doing phenomenal at 88 and 84. Wow, that's awesome. They're going to drive over here Christmas morning, Lord willing, if we're not snowed in, because it's coming. (laughs) But um, I think it's really important, especially, as I said, we're very fortunate to be in a family of believers. And we share that we share that bond, we share that love and to be able to share with them what they mean to us now while they can hear it. Um, I feel like when it comes time for their funeral or certain memorial service, um, whatever I would have said at that, I've already said to them so they know because obviously they can't hear it after they're dead. I think that's right. That's beautiful. And and that's, that's a reason that I don't like going to funerals because I have never felt like the person is there. The person's not there. I can talk to that person now anywhere I am. And that's what I believe. So the, the the whole funeral thing that we do, which we, you know, we do for the living, not for the dead is sometimes it's a little much for me. And, and I would rather have those, those things be said and known now. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that, you know, and, and I just, you know, I I had this conversation with um, the doctor in the the office that I work. And I said, you know what? I want to hear from my son's now. Thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. You, you know, um, I want to be able to say to them that I want to be able to say to my parents, all of those things. I totally agree. I mean, it, nothing is to me more dis, dis, disheartening is going to a funeral and people falling all out in the floor and screaming and hollering. Now, y'all might not have seen those type of funerals, but I, I've seen those type of funerals. Trust me. You know, and they want to get in the casket and they holler and they're screaming. And, and I would always say, what's the guilt about? Well, what did you not do? What did you not say? What, what did you miss? What, you know, what, what did you miss? What was it that you wish that you could have done differently? Do that. I said it to one of my patients today. We have this moment, this moment. So rather than wait, um, you know, if you want to tell somebody that you love them, tell them now. If you mm-hmm. want to tell someone, I miss you, tell them now, you know, don't have them wondering and don't be halt. Is it too soon to say, I love you? Is it, should I say say it because it may very well be the first or the last thing that you ever get to say. Right. You know, COVID really changed the way that we see and experience funerals because we were not allowed to gather. I watched two, two or three funerals during the first couple of years of COVID. And that was very strange and out of the ordinary for me because Um, growing up in a community that was very close when someone died I was used to attending large funerals and people got up and spoke and as you said it Linda it's really for the living um, to hear ourselves talk I suppose or who can say the most flowery thing about this deceased person I don't I'm not really sure but it was very different to watch a funeral online where I you can't or you don't, you're not allowed, how to, what's the word I'm trying to get here? You won't experience the same emotions Mm-mm. as if you were there 
Does that make sense? Um, you're watching it online. And it, the few that I did watch, it was just the immediate. I mean, there were probably eight to 10 people there, tops, all wearing masks. Um, it, it's just there's, different. There's a, there's a, yeah, there's a it, song that in the uh, in the African-American churches that it says, give me my flowers while I yet live. Oh, my goodness. I almost want to cry thinking about that song. And it goes on to talk about all of those things. Tell me those things now while I'm alive. Talk to me now. Reach out to me now. Call me now. Write me now. Come visit me now. Give me my flowers. And they're not talking about roses and, you know, uh, tulips and things. They're talking about the things that you do. Like you were saying, you, you, you appreciate. So, yeah. I say give us our flowers while we yet live. Um, and be sure to do that with others. Now the spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America out loud. Now we invite you friends to invest some of your time with our magnificent family of experts, their minds and voices. It's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Welcome back one more time to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off, and I'd like to introduce our host today. Today we have uh, with us Misha Woodruff Cooper. Misha's ministry is Royal Priesthood Ministry. She is a graduate of Liberty University and Purdue University, focusing on criminology and theology. She's worked and traveled as a missionary and in women's ministry, humanitarianism prison chaplain, both nationally and internationally, for 30 years. She currently hails from Williamsburg, Virginia, and I've been there, and I love it there. Um, she's a patient health coordinator in the medical office of a plastic surgeon, and she has two amazing sons, and now a younger, I assume, Misha. Yes, ma'am. Significant other. <laughs> and... Welcome to Becky Colminan. Becky is, as everyone knows here, a very talented voice artist. And she you can hear Becky right here on Ladies of Liberty Sound Off in the beginning and the ending of our show. But she has just one of those voices that is, I, I, it just 
can do anything. I love that, Becky. I don't have that talent as <laughs> you do. Um, she is also a wife and mom. She hails from Michigan. Burr. <laughs> Burr, Michigan. Where's... And she's a doggy mom, too. Yes, I am. <laughs> a, a doggy that'll be two in February. Oh, boy. He's, he's yeah. getting to be a, a, a young teenage dog. And yep. I am I am Linda Martinelli. I am a business owner. I am also a wife and mom. And I hail from Texas. So, Misha. Yes. I'm turning over to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I love you, Linda. I love you both. I love you. And I, and I can say that to you because that's my choice. Um, my topic to speak on is letting love lead. Um, choosing to love rather than choosing to walk in, um, in hate and unforgiveness and in judgments um, and trying to, even from the beginning of our segments, trying to emasculate and control and to condense people, but choosing to love. Love is, love is a word that has many components um, and it's emotional, but I really believe that love should be intentional. And um, all of the things that we've been talking about and we're seeing in the world today, we're watching happen around us. I truly believe it's because it, there is a lack of love. Um, there is definitely a lack of lawlessness. There is lawlessness, but there's a lack of love, truly choosing to love and having your love not be contingent upon the other person, but have it be contingent upon you. Um, it's not easy to love someone who, you know, hates you. It's not easy to love someone or serve someone who, you know, dislikes you. But there's something that's so deeply rewarding in choosing to show love, uh, be an exemplary person of love. What do you guys think about that? Well, you know, I actually ran into this twice now in the last two days <laughs> with myself. Um, and it's caused some self-reflection because in certain situations, which were unexpected in my case, they both elicited a flight or fight response. And when you're in a situation that's unexpected and you feel that moment, you're unprepared and you know how you have that oh, I wish I would have said that. I wish I would have thought of that. I wish I should have done that. <laughs> Hindsight. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. But in one, in one of the more minor situations that involves a neighbor's three, I think they're all pit bulls. They have three of them. And, and they are a nuisance. And they're terrifying. And it's been going on since we got our dog. I mean, even before... If you walk by, they charge the fence. Ears are as flat back as they can be. Full body language of, I am going to rip your limbs off and eat them for lunch. And one has gotten out before and it's terrifying. So today, for some reason, was the day. And I decided to come home and I just wrote it all out. And I thought, I'm going to put a letter in the mailbox and let them know that I need to protect myself and I'm going to bring a water bottle with me and spray the dogs when they do this. And I walk by 
to protect myself. Well, thankfully, a friend of mine helped me put on the brakes. And I wish I would have thought of this myself because this would have come out of love. (laughs) She said, here's what you should do. You put a different letter in their mailbox asking them what their dog's favorite treats are. Wow. And start throwing treats at these dogs before they, or as they're charging and they will soon associate you And this. Can you hear it? Wait for it. This will associate you with positive thoughts when Mm -hmm. they see you here on in. So instead of throwing hate at them, I literally will be throwing love at them. And the idea is, sort of kill them with kindness and eventually with as the more i pass by the more they associate we get incredible treats from that person who's walking mm-hmm. by. i'm gonna want to see her but my first reaction was do 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 right between the eyes right well, so but like, becky now now when you write that letter which i don't disagree with when you write the letter about what are the favorite treats I would still have to put because right they terrify right. me when I walk right. by <laughs> right but and, at least I, and I want to try to befriend them um, right. but she should know that listen I have a pit bull my pit bull is as gentle as gentle could be I would trust my pit bull around anybody's baby she but but she is trained and she she does what she's told and. Um, I have a, a two-month-old grandson, and she he she is freely around my grandson because she she just has that respect for people. And when people don't train their their dogs, that's a that's dangerous. Anyway, um, and I agree with that. You know what's so interesting is is um, my sweetie actually um, loves pit bulls as well, and. Um, you know, breeds them and wants to do something um, lucrative with that. Um, and I like pit bulls. I love pit bulls, but I think it's, it comes with having the influence of being able to associate yourself with them. Um, them remember, you know, remembering you when they're small, they're babies. Um, he has one that's, that's named denim. It's beautiful. Um, but it's just all about how we choose to see people see animals, see things that ordinarily would attack us in some way. And so we, that's what we know in our association. So we automatically think that everything and everybody is that way. And it's not always the case. Misha, I want to say, and I hate to say it, but it's the truth. Kindness and love most likely in the human being is not our first reaction. Mm-mm. It's not, it's not innate. It's not our nature. Unfortunately, Mm-mm. we, it's a learned behavior to be kind and loving and gentle. Um, You're we, right about that. And it's, and it's sad, but true. And I think even at my age, which I'm starting to feel old some days here, <laughs> but at my age, it's been bothering me that and the other situation that we don't need to go into, but um, it involves people who weren't very nice and um, people who from something of a similar church type situation where you just would have expected people to be nice. Again, it's, it's not human nature to have 
love kindness and oh it's okay be the first reaction i think listen he, I and you're exactly right you're totally right my my stepmom um cheryl she always calls she calls me a cross breed between a poodle and a pit <sighs> bull <laughs> I've never I seen it. can all be that way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it just depends on what's happening, what's going on down, you know, and I will say to people, you know, you all get to see the nice part of me, but, but there is a part of me that will bite. And <laughs> I have, I have to every day get up and say, no, we're not doing that today. Um, we're going to choose to re to respond. We're not going to choose to react. I deal. Listen, I'm in Williamsburg, Williamsburg, Virginia, birthplace of America but still very not very much a colonized city in some ways. And I deal with some people who have assumptions about me. They see me, they see this beautiful brown skin um, and they see somebody who is, um, you know, I have locks and they don't quite know which way to go with me or whatever. And, you know, and it's always a, a conversation. It's always something. I have people even that come in the office, you know, and I, I just kind of lean back. I lean back in the chair and just kind of look at him. And I'm thinking in myself, I'm talking to myself and I'm like, okay, now you can do this one or two ways, Misha. You can respond in a very professional and sane, calm way, or you can choose to come out of the bag like they're coming out of the bag. Now, what are you going to do? You know, I, I, I have to talk to myself and I say, nope, not today. I, not today. You know, and I was thinking about what you were saying about writing the letter. Um, my cousin and I always say this thing, well, I got time today. I got time for this today. So you took time, but you also um, found counsel and talked to someone who helped you, you know. Um, but I just believe that we we need to be more intentional about being more loving and kind. Um, uh, you know what? I agree with you totally, Misha. But I will say that the atmosphere in our country right now with what's happening with not locking up criminals with, with uh, the political vitriol that we see day in and day out. Well, I, I have to tell you that I have a different attitude now when I leave my house because I'm a little bit on the offensive or defensive, not, not offensive. I'd say defensive because I I'm, more worried than I used to be. I'm more afraid than I used to be. I don't Linda, know anymore. I get that. I totally get that. I'm, you know what? I just made a decision not to drive to Birmingham, Alabama to see my mom. And I'm going to tell you exactly why I used to get in my car and just drive. I would drive to California by myself, pack up, get a cooler, have money, have gas, have whatever. But I just kept saying to my mom, you know, my mom really wants me to come and see her. Um, I didn't want to fly. I didn't want to take a train. And I just, but, but in my spirit, because of the unrest that's going on in the United States right now, I don't feel comfortable getting in my car and driving 10 hours by myself to go see my mom. I'm in the, okay, what about if a tire, if I'm in the wrong yeah, town, exactly. if I, if I, I stop at the wrong store. Um, if someone sees me and they try to, they knock me, you know, I, I have all those things going on. So I'm not driving down. It's the first time ever that this spur of the moment, wild woman, adventurous, bungee jumping, jump out of a plane, you know, let's go do it. Girl is like, nah, maybe I better back up a little bit and slow this down. 
and, so and we've do this changed our way. life because of honestly because of these progressive district attorneys and judges and, yes. and we've changed our life and we've we've had to do that and i'm the same way because of what our government is doing at the border and i live in texas mm-hmm. i've got my son and my grandkids driving out to visit and they said well mom we'll just stay in el paso overnight i said oh heck no you will not stay in el paso overnight are you kidding me not right now not with what's going on there i you can't you can't trust so to becky's point it's a little bit harder to come from a place of love sometimes right now and you have to do exactly what you said consciously think about it and consciously make a decision about it Uh, but yet but yet being human beings self-preservation is a very strong motivation and becky's self-preservation is a strong motivation when she walks near those dogs mine is a very strong one as is yours misha for you driving across the country or for me going into town or going shopping by myself without my husband or something, things that I would never have had a problem with. You know, it, it's different. It's a different day. It, it totally is. And and I just, I don't know. I, I feel, I feel a little bit like my wings are being clipped and I don't like it. Um, I, I, I have never felt, you know, I, I live by myself. I've never felt like I need to get up in the middle of the night and go check my back door, you know, and, and put little things in place or whatever, you know, I, look, I am, I believe in the NRA and I believe in, you know, having a little something, you know, and so for me, it's just, I hate the unrest that that's happening all around us and how we have to watch ourselves more and, and do things. I don't like it. And I, I hate that even after COVID, I won't get to go spend Christmas with my mom. And, you know, my mom is, you know, on in her seventies and her husband is 80 something. And, and I'm like, mom, it's just, it's just not a good time. I've got to have in my spirit, a feel of relief and release to be able to come. So I totally agree. So let love lead love, choose to love. Um, and more than anything, um, at this time that people get together all around the world, we're thinking about COVID. We're thinking about all the different things that are happening wherever you are in your responses, in your reactions, in everything that you go to do. If it is opening a door, if it is um, driving on past the parking spot, if it is um, choosing not to snap back, just let love lead. That's what I would hope. You know where where this resonates with me is in our homes, is in my home with my husband um, to make sure that I don't snap at at him and, and to let love lead. Those are where the places where it is so very important in our home, with our families, with our spouses, with our kids uh, to, to have that extra patience to, as you say, let love lead, because that is where it starts. It all starts in the home. And I think that that's just so very, very important because what we do in our homes takes spreads everywhere else we are. Absolutely. Everywhere else on our jobs, in our workplaces, in our spaces, on our phones. I mean, it's just, it's evident. 
you can see people who love and you can definitely, <laughs> you know, definitely. I love it. But I love you guys. And I'm, I'm thankful that I get to be a part of such an amazing um, show, amazing topic. And, um, and I'm glad that I get to, to voice exactly from my heart. I'm what I'm feeling. I, I can tell you this. I, um, I had a patient come to me today to apologize to me. She was snippy. She was snappy. And, and I sat there and listened to her and she said, I, I know that what I said to you was offensive. I know that I was, and I looked at her, she was almost in tears. And I said, I know you were in pain. I know you were hurting. And she said, and I hope I didn't offend you. And I said, I chose not to be offended. I chose not to be offended um, because I looked a little deeper. So let love lead. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 